Welcome, everybody, to the Silver Skin and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Hey, um, you know, sometimes these things happen just by way of, of, of luck of the draw, but Harrison and I were supposed to record way earlier today and then weren't able to um, for a variety of reasons. We had to wait around a little bit. And like 15 minutes before we were going to record with basically nothing to, to talk about, we have to manufacture a topic here today, uh, and nothing to really laugh at either. But guess what? Paul Pierce exists to, to give us that thing to laugh at. And this is, a, this is kind of a funny headline, the way that TMZ spinned it, or spun it, spinned it. Yeah, so for this will be interesting for the people that have not heard what happened with Paul Pierce yet that are listening to this. So Anthony's going to tell you what TMZ says that Paul Pierce got fired for, and you can kind of guess what you think he actually got fired for. Paul Pierce out at ESPN days after wild twerking IG, IG sesh, which Im- <laughs> implies that Paul Pierce was doing <laughs> the twerking. Which it would, you know, honestly, there are worse things to get fired over. No, honestly, the thing that got him fired. Like our friend John Hamm said, you know, that he'd actually need a wheelchair for that. Like that implies like that he was twerking for hours on Instagram live, which I feel like (laughs) honestly, at Paul Pierce's age with the amount of mileage on his body, that would be an achievement that ESPN should extend him over, I think. He wasn't the most flexible guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. I feel like like that. A certain amount of flexibility is needed to to twerk, and I never felt like Paul Pierce had that kind of flexibility. I mean, I wouldn't know. Have you tried it before? Dude, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college at the at the in in roughly the time frame that that twerking was a thing. And uh and yeah, I just Anthony is still, clearly still a thing due to uh, Paul Pierce's marathon twerking <laughs> sessions true. on Instagram. He brought twerking back. Can I be semi-serious on this one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I get you know, it's your podcast. Well, <clears throat> sort of. Yeah, I was I was going to make a joke, but uh, that's not not the time for that joke. But uh, the the this feels really weak. In terms of things that could get Paul Pierce fired. Like this feels really light. Now it almost makes me wonder if this was something that ESPN like they aren't particularly thrilled with him anyway. And they found a reason to get rid of him. Because like this is I mean pretty tame by by standards of what people haven't gotten fired for at ESPN. Yeah. You know, it it, it look yeah, I didn't want to say this because the last thing that I wanted to do is for you to go out and tweet and be like, Harrison is arguing that like SJW culture got Paul Pierce fired and he's upset that like he's arguing for this former Celtic to keep his job. Like to be clear, I don't really think Paul Pierce should have been employed because he's really bad at his job. Like I don't yeah, think that, that this should have been the reason <laughs> that he was not employed. And so it's hard for me to feel like incredibly horribly for him because he's still a millionaire and he's gonna be fine like i'm not like yeah barcel's already getting ready to line he's they're already setting aside the money (laughs) yeah he's like he's gonna be fine regardless after this so like i'm not gonna get too up in arms about it like he's not good at the job anyway but like you said there's some people at espn 
who have done and said some much worse things than what Paul Pierce did. And look, I get like, maybe part of this is just the bad visual of this being during a pandemic. And like, I mean, maybe everyone in that room that was maskless was vaccinated. I kind of doubt it, but maybe. And so maybe that kind of put it over the top at like, you know, ESPN's family values. They're like, well, like maybe in normal times we could have gotten away with this, but like during a pandemic probably not like this is we it, like that pushed it yeah. over the line i read somebody reported that it part of it was that he chose to broadcast this himself which means that paul pierce just lost like a probably a multi-million dollar contract over 350 uh live viewers on instagram uh which is pretty astounding um but yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that ESPN decided to part ways with him after that, but because uh, it, it just was horrendous judgment all around. But I also think that it's a li- it sets a little bit of a weird precedent for them, considering that they employ Ray Lewis, they employ Mark Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the- that's just off the top of my head. They employed Skip Bayless, made him one of the highest paid sportscasters in the world for years, despite yeah. basically just like his whole shtick being like dog whistle racism. Um, so yeah, Colin Cowherd, same thing. Remember, Colin Cowherd went at John Wall for like a full year for all kinds of dog whistly things. Yeah, it was and like was for a- dancing before games for uh, I believe yeah. that he said that he couldn't be a true point guard because he didn't have a father or something like that. And what he said yeah. something about the lack of a father figure at some point about right. John Wall was the basis for one of yeah yeah so i mean he's not there yeah. anymore but yeah but he wasn't fired he no. got paid by fox which yeah. is is pretty perfect there but yeah the the um i i think like to me as a basketball viewer what i had a bigger problem with was him like just being bad <laughs> Yeah, he's he just does clearly, like, life. he is horrible at the job. That was right. that was more offensive than anything he did over the weekend, was, like, watching him on the jump was uh, far more offensive, I would say. Right. I So, you know, when, when, when the news came down that he wasn't going to be around anymore, it was like, oh, okay. And then when you find out this is the reason for it, you're like, huh. Okay, <laughs> and then I went about. <laughs> Wait, was there a moment where you thought that this was not the reason for it? Uh, not that I didn't think it was the reason for it. It was just kind of like, man, I, I, I was honestly really surprised that this was the reason for it. So, yeah, without, like you said, it may have been something that where they were looking to get out of it anyway, and this gave them a, you know, we never know with that kind of stuff. Like, what we do know is clearly, you know, based on some of their employment cha- like choices is if you are in with management, it kind of doesn't matter if you're terrible at your job in broadcasting and a lot of other industries, but especially in television broadcasting. Like, you can be horrible, but if management likes you, it doesn't really matter because they yeah. matter a lot more than the viewers. I have another joke that I would make there, but... Not going to make that one either. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, this all is right, why so I praise today, my boss, Seth, on every podcast. I just think he does an astounding job managing SB Nation NBA, and I just want to say shout out to you, Seth. Good-looking guy, that, that Seth. Yes, sure. he is. Great-looking right. guy. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the thing that we're going to be talking about today, as we now segue awkwardly from images of Paul Pierce twerking, uh, and I, I am sorry away. to everyone who we put that in your head while you were driving. Yeah, I, you could definitely fault. bill Anthony for that, but I, I am sorry. I'm delirious, man. I've been up since I've been up 
for like 13 hours and this is just yeah yeah. anthony had a had a twerking part session of his own he just didn't instagram live broadcast it i take a it's a youtube class it's like it's how i'm getting back in shape (laughs) okay stop now people are really gonna crash their car nobody needs that visual too we already we already tortured them enough uh today's show though so a lot of the concern, obviously, on the Lakers' injury problems have been focused on this season and, you know, whether the Lakers are going to be healthy in time to uh, get it together and and have some chemistry and some momentum heading into the postseason. Um, one of the things that I don't think has gotten enough attention has been or, or, or is that the Lakers, heading into the season, it felt like a potential potential dynasty, Right. They already won the one championship. They look like the best team in basketball for up, you know, right up until uh, guys started getting hurt. And, and they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis on their contract or on their books for the next four or five years. And so you said, well, yeah, this feels like, this feels like it has some lasting power. Um, they, they signed the Kuzma extension and he more than lives up to it while everybody was healthy. Uh, there was some talk about Dennis Schroeder getting an extension, and and you saw some. You you were able to identify. Jeannie Buss was out there talking about how they have no problem paying the luxury tax while well, the Lakers that was are more recently. That was not like you know. Put, yeah, yeah. That was like a couple. Weeks I, I'm ago. just I'm just saying that like yeah. it was another it was another reason to 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 look at for for optimism. And not all of these things are changed, by the way, right? Like it's not like LeBron. Uh, having somebody roll up on his foot makes me more nervous about the next three years of his contract. That's not, that's never changing anytime soon. And same goes for Anthony Davis. Like I'm still stoked that the Lakers have him uh, locked and loaded for, for the next half a decade. So, you know, I think the one thing though, that injuries do to teams and organizations as they try to decipher what, which personnel to move forward with, it really limits your, your the data that you have to work with, right? And 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 the Lakers were already kind of approaching this season in a more long term fashion, where they were they really wanted to see as many of the new combinations as possible, and uh, didn't kind of go back and 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 focus on some of the the combinations that won them a championship last year. But they have some decisions to make with guys like Alex Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. They have a decision that they already kind of made, they tried to make with uh, Dennis Schroeder, and and apparently that was that that didn't go down the way that they thought it was going to. They're probably going to lose Montrez Harrell uh, because he is uh, he you know they won't have very much money to offer him next year. Uh, Marcus All might retire. Uh, Andre Drummond, who's on their roster right now, almost definitely won't be on their roster next year. So they have a, a whole bunch of guys. KCP is under contract, right? One more year. Um, no, they re- they resigned him to a multi-year deal last summer. Oh, it was three years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is the so, first of a new three-year contract. Right. So they, but they, but they have some guys, either new guys or old guys that they have old meaning uh, were on the team last year. Uh, they have some some decisions to make here, Harrison. And and my question is, do you think they have enough information to make some of these decisions that they're going to be faced with here in the next few months? Well, I think one of the things that we have to do right at the beginning of if we're like if we're going to have this discussion about how much can we take away from this team and all that stuff, I think the first thing that we have to do is give me some credit for kind of calling this and saying that look, 
you know, we got to take it slow. We got to slow play our expectations for this team. I think the four seed probably sounds about right. And I was saying this during the preseason and I heard all the names you all called me, you know, like, like chicken little and Harrison fake news. And who's this stupid blogger. And like, I heard, I heard all of it. That was Mia. Mia says that to you every time we call. Yes. Yeah. And you know, on to, to, those nicknames are all to some degree fair, but I, I think that the thing that we do need to do is like step back a little bit, understand that, look, you know, they were talking at practice today about Anthony Davis and who, who knows exactly where his injury is at or whatever, but I've got to have the feeling that given how many like differ, different little nicks and knacks that he played through during the postseason last year, if this was a situation like during a playoff series, I feel like he would probably be out there. Again, that's not reporting. It's just like he, he's shooting around. They seem to be very intentionally taking it super slow with him. They already tried to bring him back once. So clearly this is not the type of thing where originally they were like too concerned about it until he reheard it. So, you know, there's that. And they were always going to slow play this stuff, you know, this year anyway, because the regular season is not that important. I know that, you know, we just got the news last week that Staples Center, there are going to be fans in time for the postseason. I don't think it will be like enough for your home court advantage means a whole lot beyond the outside advantages that you get beyond fans of like getting to sleep in your own bed, comfort with routine, all that stuff. But, you know, I just think that this season has not been other than the injuries. Like I wasn't expecting them to get hurt. I was expecting them to like sit games and rest and that kind of thing. So, you know, I I wasn't thinking Anthony Davis was going to miss 22 games now at this point, necessarily all consecutively. I did think that he would miss some games. And, uh, but I think that, you know, other than that, this has been about what I expected, you know, like they don't, put their foot on the gas all the time necessarily. You know, I think that there are some flaws in this roster that can be, you know, exposed at certain times when they aren't game planning specifically for other teams and stuff like that. But, you know, overall, obviously this last stretch has been bad, but to me, I don't think that it's changed my long-term thinking about the team an incredible amount. I I don't know how you feel. Like, do you, obviously, I'm not trying to tee you up to say like, you know, so-and-so doesn't deserve to resign because they play badly without LeBron and AD or whatever. But I guess like how much does it affect your thinking about all these guys moving forward? Well, it depends on the player, right? Like Alex Caruso, for example, is somebody that we knew wasn't going to play very well without LeBron, without AD. Right? Yeah. Um, and so when the Lakers make a decision on him, the fact that he hasn't looked very good without LeBron, without AD I'm not sitting here saying like, well, what are we thinking about paying this guy? Like, because oh, darn, had- we can't have Caruso run our offense. Who would have foreseen this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. And that's what that that's been another funny thing from the um from the the hashtag real hoopers on Twitter is like the people who are somehow gotching everybody who said that Alex Caruso was good with uh LeBron and with AD. We're like, yeah, because this guy's really good at playing with the LeBron and AD. And then ever since those guys went down, it's like, see, this guy sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, with him, I think it's, I'm, I'm less nervous moving forward because the idea is that you're going to have LeBron, you're going to have AD. Um, same goes for, for KCP though, to a somewhat lesser degree because he's paid in a way that you kind of would like to have somebody be better without those guys, you know, like decent at all. KCP's just like been flat out bad for, for a while now. And, and yeah, outside of that one game against the Kings, it's been real rough for him. 
Uh, like he was right. really good on Friday. And other than that, like I think the last 10 games, he's shooting like, like sub 30% from three. Right. Outside and of that. So, game. And so, you know, I would, I would, if that contract comes up again, I would, I would maybe rethink how much he's getting. Uh, but again, it, it, there was competition for him. Too and, late. And <laughs> yeah. And so this is, this is where we're at there. Um, Schroeder's interesting though, because he's asking for the kind of money where you better be good no matter the situation. Like good, good, no matter the situation. Yeah, I was and, gonna say he's the one guy that I, I think this is a genuine discussion for for real. Yeah, and and so if if he's gonna be this without LeBron and without AD, and the idea was that like you're gonna play him for stretches without those guys, right? Without one or two of those guys. You're gonna tell me that <laughs> this is what that's gonna look like moving forward. I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm in on that. Well, if you're if you're paying him as another team, you're gonna pay him to play without both of those guys. And obviously, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have good players on your roster, most likely. Like you know, like Dallas might be a fit for him playing off of Luca. It's like kind of similar role that he had with LeBron type stuff. Like there, there are teams. Let's be out honest. There. They're they're gonna be more interested in Caruso. um we should take a break though and and when we come back we got to talk about like what what it would look like if we do start getting enough data to identify some of these decisions like what what expectations do we have for dennis Schroeder? how can he turn things around to the point where we can start seeing enough to where you're like okay yeah 20 21 million bucks that's fine uh for for his contract let alone more you know, because I the the, the notion is that he's going to be uh, expecting more this next uh, off season. So uh, when we come back, we're going to discuss you know what our expectations have to be, and they frankly have to be a little bit higher because some of these decisions are going to be tough ones. So the 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 Lakers, like I said earlier, are heading into an off season where with all of these decisions, it needs to be pointed out. If they don't bring back Dennis Schroeder, it's not like they can go get a Dennis Schroeder equivalent out there and pay that player the same amount that they would be able to pay Dennis Schroeder. Right. So you, yeah, so that's that's the thing that I wanted to talk about. Is like, like, so we're talking about, you know, if you're going to pay him that much money, you want him to be worth, you know, you want him to be able to carry the offense sometimes. And I do think that th- this is one of these things where, remember, going into the preseason, we were all talking about like, oh, you know, Trez and Dennis, like, that might allow you to rest LeBron and AD a couple mm-hmm. games and at least remain competitive. And the Lakers, they could do that against bad teams. We've seen them beat bad teams yep. with those guys, but they are not going to be able to remain remotely competitive, really, against good teams. That's the crazy part to me. Yeah. That's the crazy even part with, is how non-competitive they are. They still have, yeah. like, the third best defense in the league without those guys. It, it's The offense has completely fallen off of a cliff without LeBron out there. And, like, to a certain degree, I mean, having AD would certainly help as well. But really, since LeBron went down, the offense has completely cratered. And so... I think while on one hand, I understand that criticism as it applies to really both Schroeder and Harrell or uh, Schroeder and Harrell. Yes. Is that you would want them to be able to carry the team a little bit more like Harrell. It's less of, it applies less just because he's likely gone anyway. Like if he 
plays well at all this season or, you know, has a strong finish or a team talks himself into him being the missing piece in their center rotation or something, he's probably going to get more money than he'll get on that player option and or than the Lakers can pay him with, uh, you know, without having his bird rights. Schroeder is the one where, you know, as you mentioned, they can't pay the same amount to another player or a replacement player as they could pay to Schroeder. So it's basically Mm -hmm. comes down to, it's not just, do you think he's worth that contract? It's like, do you want to lose a player who is an asset and is a positive player for you with those guys in the lineup for nothing? And it really does seem like based on how he and his side have handled this negotiation that they want to force the Lakers hand here. You know, it's similar to, like you were talking about KCP, there was competition for his services. Did the Lakers overpay type thing where Schroeder is going into kind of the supersized version of those same kind of talks this summer and a much higher leverage, higher money situation, obviously. But it's a similar dynamic in that the what was the whole thing with KCP? It's like, well, if he leaves, you can't afford to replace him. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Schroeder. It's a higher class version of the same problem where he can go and the Lakers can say, well, you know, our record with LeBron and AD out wasn't that great. Who's going to offer you this amount of money? We can't pay you that because how like we wouldn't be able to trade it or we wouldn't be able to like we can't justify that amount of money to you because no one else is going to pay it. And he can come right back and say, well, yeah, that's true, but I'm worth that amount to you because otherwise I'm not taking less than that from you and I will leave and I will go take it. And the Lakers can say, fine, but at that point you are losing a good player. You know, we can all argue about how valuable is Schroeder, how much money Mm -hmm. should the Lakers give him, but he's a good player, clearly, and he is a good fit alongside LeBron and AD and does give them some extra pop, an extra facilitator, and we've seen how much that helps. And So it really is a really, really high leverage game of chicken right now between him and the Lakers. And this stretch, much like LeBron and AD's absence earlier this year, like we were all like, oh, Schroeder's agent counting his commission. Like right Mm -hmm. now, Schroeder's agent is like calling and trying to get some loans and stuff like that to cover the commission spendings that he already spent, uh, you know, when he was watching that stretch without his client. Yeah, I think think what you're also looking at here is so even if the Lakers don't go out and try to replace Schroeder with some free agent that would be would be making less money, obviously, and under under a different kind of a circumstance, what Schroeder has to be kind of careful about here in kind of overplaying his leverage is, all right, fine, we'll sign you to your contract, but then you're getting shipped out at the deadline immediately. You know, you're getting as soon as we, as soon as we can send you out. Because I don't think the Lakers want to limit themselves with the sign-and-trade because this year has been such a headache with the hard cap and all of that. But I do think if they do sign Schroeder to anything you know noticeably more or even the same contract that he passed up on, it, it, the, the extension that he passed up on uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, you know, if if they offer him that and then they see some of these same things again this next uh, the next year, I, I wouldn't put it past them at all to just say, all right, we're moving on. We're going to, we're going to move you for, for a point guard who makes a little bit more sense. And I, and I also think, I also think for, for, you know, the Lakers, LeBron didn't use them for leverage, right? Uh, AD didn't use them for leverage. They signed up for, for long multi-year contracts when they were, when they were able to. And, and I think, if those are your superstars doing that, I can't imagine Polinka likes it all that much that a role player in, like Dennis Schroeder is doing that. I'm I, sure I, he 
I'm sure he doesn't, but you got to under, like, those guys, he oh, doesn't yeah, have no, as many you, off-the-court opportunities, and, yeah. Absolutely. I I, 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 I understand. But I, I also think, like, these, there are some things that you just, like, can't help but think sometimes, right? Yeah. And 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 I think this is one of those spots where, absolutely, Schroeder's got to take care of himself. A, Schroeder's agent, that's his job, is to get Schroeder the best deal that he could possibly get. But... I'm sure at some level there was some annoyance at like, dude, this is the most we can offer you. I don't know how much more we're going to be willing twice, to give you. Twice we the, offered you the max that we were allowed right. to offer at that time, and right. you declined it. Right. And so, you know, if if we're getting that kind of commitment from two guys who are bona fide Hall of Famers, Jersey's going to be up in our rafters one day, and... Dennis Schroeder is is sitting here playing hardball with us. I don't know, man. Like I, I think on, on some level, if he backs it up with play that earns that next contract, whatever it looks like, great, fantastic. Then the, then the system worked how it should. But if he doesn't, then then the the upcoming December, right? Because we're going to be closer to the typical calendar year, uh, NBA calendar. Uh, uh, this upcoming December. Uh, when when that when that deal can finally be moved, it wouldn't surprise me if if immediately when that time comes, the Lakers are, are kind of looking at their options. Yeah, and the the thing is, I understand why the Lakers would be upset about this. I because look, they want to get their business taken care of. That's their prerogative. Of course, they do. I understand yep. why fans think that. Hey, you know. Uh, you know, that extension that you turned down, like that, that sounds pretty good. I don't know, like, you know, for people who don't necessarily understand like the bird rights aspect of it and that he can get more this summer and all that stuff. I I understand why fans are in his comments saying, just sign the extension. I, I did think that it was hilarious that he very politely was like, no, thank you. I will wait and sign with the team this summer uh, on Instagram this weekend. But I, I think that, you know, before we go to panic mode on this, we this is you know on some level this makes sense for him to do and try to go to free agency get the most money he can this is the this is probably the best chance that he's going to have in his career to make that kind of generational wealth like his next contract he's not going to be making however much he makes on this one i think it's probably unlikely he is 27 mm-hmm. i think but like it's still you know this is probably going to be the peak of his financial value as a role player in the league so i understand why he's doing what he's doing I also, part of me does wonder if this backfires a little bit because, you know, we saw, we've seen guys say, no, I'm going to go get paid this summer. We've seen KCP say, no, I'm going to turn down that gigantic extension, Detroit. I'm going to get paid mm-hmm. this summer. And, you know, the Lakers paid him for one year that summer, but he did not get the money. They, I don't think that he's ever fully recouped the money that he's lost right. by, you New know, turning Noel. down. He's out there nodding glumly right now. Exactly. And so, uh, there is a possibility that this completely backfires on Schroeder because all of this is with the idea that some team could maybe pay him, you know what, like 18 million, you know, something like that. Like some, somebody's going to offer him, you know, at least close enough to what he rejected that it won't be that much of a haircut. But if he keeps playing like this right now and, you know, Lonzo Ball keeps skyrocketing up like the point guard free agency power rankings, other guys jump up that point. A lot of teams have point guards already and have Mm -hmm. guys that they want the ball in their hands or maybe think that they can get a guy who is a secondary kind of playmaker off of their big wing for a little cheaper than Schroeder is going to be available. And all of a sudden, 
this ends up not being so bad for the Lakers because, you know, they're able to re-sign him to maybe less than he rejected. I mean, probably not less than he rejected because I doubt someone like him is coming back to the table and taking less than they offered at the deadline. The other thing here that, you know, we, I think, can be pretty sure that he actually did reject a contract that was like that four-year, $84 million value because Mm -hmm. if that had not been from his side or had not been corroborated from his side – you can bet your ass we would have heard by now, like, oh, yeah, well, but that's a bunch of BS. Like, you know, uh, sources say that the final year wasn't even guaranteed. And even the third year was like a partial guarantee. Third year was partial guarantee. Fourth year was a team option. Like, it wasn't a real four-year, $84 million. Right. But we haven't but we heard didn't. that, which makes yeah. me think either, you know, they're keeping things extremely in-house. The Him commenting back to fans on Instagram about his inst- – extension makes me think that he is not doing that and I think that they did give him the legit here's the most we can offer you please sign it and when that did not happen you know I think that may have been why we heard his name in trade rumors and part of me does wonder on that front if this is salvageable if he was offended by that but look a championship can clear a lot of like clear a lot of bad will out it kind of you know shout out to Kyrie it sages the whole building and Everybody mm-hmm. sings, uh, you know, everybody sings Kumbaya and comes together. And so if they win a title, Dennis is going to get his money. Everybody's going to be happy. If they don't, I-, I do wonder how this goes. Me too. In a vacuum, are you comfortable giving Dennis Schroeder $21 million a year? Yeah, I am. Hmm. Because just because I think that, you know, for, that is still a tradable deal, most likely. And I think that locking in someone like that who we have seen look you know we we've learned over the past eight games he cannot carry a team okay I don't think anybody really thought he could but he can't but with LeBron out there it really did look pretty good and those two really did seem to benefit each other and really kind of you know LeBron just having a guy that's that high caliber to take the ball out of his hands and you know, Dennis really benefits from not being the most, you know, paid attention to defender in those certain lineups and stuff like that. And I do think that there's a pretty solid symbiosis. And I do think that him and AD, you know, also we're starting to get some chemistry together before AD got hurt. And I think that we're kind of forgetting that for a while here, you know, everybody really wanted to extend Dennis that max offer because he was playing so well and just get it done. And now it's like, okay, he turned it down. So F you and, you know, you're struggling without LeBron. How are you going to ask for 20 million? I think a little bit of that has started to permeate the discourse now all right uh two more little things that we gotta get to here before we wrap up uh one andre drummond put out a poll on there coming off of easter weekend (laughs) i love that you found this because i was about to i was gonna say that i had one more thing that i would need to run past you uh so well i'm gonna i'm gonna offer up the poll and and give you some time to think about it if is 25 the breakout breakoff time where you can no longer participate in an Easter egg hunt? I couldn't find the, the tweet itself to, to give the exact I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, he's asking if you're uh, if you're 25 or older, should you still be participating in Easter egg hunts? Um, the other one that uh, I do want to mention here, Evan Massey of what's he of? hoopsanalysis.net I guess. Nah, I'm not going to run with that one then. Yeah, we'll just stick to the drama. Pass. We'll we'll stick to the we'll stick to <laughs> Sorry, Evan. He was he got the oh, he had the the Celtics like tra- leading the the charge for Drummond at one point, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. We are not going with Emmons reporting on this one. 
so the the Drummond thing, twenty five years old. So you're you're just past that that mark. Do you miss Easter egg hunts? <laughs> you know, I, I almost set one up yesterday for my wife, just as like a like haha, like this would be funny. But then I just didn't go and buy the Easter egg. So hopefully she's not hearing <laughs> in the other room that like I almost did this like you know kind of nice gesture and like yeah. you know spruced up pandemic life but uh no i personally do not but i also am you know a 20 something year old with back problems and so like just <laughs> bending over to go get them is not yeah. the most enjoyable thing for me uh i mean where are you at like do you i mean i i guess you probably enjoy them now because you have you know a young daughter but would you want to go search for easter eggs yourself depends on what's in the easter egg i know uh one year, this was, a, uh, this was a while ago, but one year we did an adult Easter egg hunt and inside the eggs were those little uh, liquor bottles, the, the tiny little like shot bottles of the liquor. So, so like if, if that's what the reward is at the end of that tunnel, then, then yeah, I'll go out there and, and, and look for some Easter eggs. Um, I did really quickly while you were asking me this, I Googled Andre Drummond age and he is 28. So I don't think he's asking for himself. Also, it's yeah. a day after Easter now, two days by the time the people are listening to this. So I don't mm-hmm. know what Easter egg hunt he thought he was going to. Does, he, does Andre <laughs> Drummond think today is Easter? Did he have, you know, a better weekend than Paul Pierce? And, uh, you know, <laughs> like it's like waking up he's like waking up today it's like it's like almost like it's almost dinner time on monday he's like happy easter everybody uh you know clippers, <laughs> Paul clippers. Pierce was just trying to get a rise and he lost his job yeah so but the that made me curious though is i looked up the ages of the rest of the lakers to figure out like because he says his exact THT. phrasing was serious question with a lot of mixed opinions who's mixed opinion who is giving andre drummond mixed opinions on whether or not a t- that is a 25 year old should participate in an easter egg hunt that is a very specific thing and so i am choosing to believe that this is about kyle kuzma who is the only 25 year old on the lakers roster i, I like they 100 percent saw kuz caruso's 26 i feel like caruso is not an easter egg hunt guy i feel like kyle he looks like would an easter like, egg i feel like kyle would not make the Paul Pierce mistake and actually only put it on close friends and be like, Oh, I did an Easter egg hunt today. And then I feel like the Lakers are like flaming him in the group chat, but this is what I'm choosing to believe. This is head yeah. cannon now. It's good head cannon. No, I I'm with you on the, on the theory. So yeah, I, I didn't, I, I set up the Easter egg hunt this last uh, Sunday for, for Avery and my niece. Um, and then, you know, Avery is too young to really kind of grasp the concept on her own. So we had uh, my brother-in-law's sister was kind of walking around with the basket and and telling Avery what to do and stuff. And I, I would say, because Jen wasn't, uh, wasn't directly involved with this Easter egg hunt. She wasn't out there looking for eggs for himself, for herself. But what she did do... She boxed out my niece because Avery was close to an egg and it produced the, the, the hardest laughs of the day. Avery full on butt bombed my, my niece, uh, and, 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 you know, put her back into it. And that was it. Like my niece was just got, got her out of the paint. Oh, I thought that you were saying Jen did this. I was like, Jen bought, like knocked over a child to save. No, she did. Oh, Avery was was close to Avery was close to. to to, uh an easter egg shay saw it my my little niece shay she saw it and she made you know a beeline for that for that egg jen saw her coming across the paint 
gave her a little forearm shiver, sent her into the garage door. I'm kidding. Yeah, gave her the little Andre Drummond special, like the you know. <laughs> Maybe that did we just figure this no, out? It was, a, it just, was like the it was the KG thing, right? Where you you hit somebody and then you, your hands go straight up, right? Yeah. So like, like, <laughs> like I didn't do it. Just I didn't do it. She's just on the ground. I don't know. No, I think we just we may have just answered this ourselves. Maybe Andre Drummond really likes participating because they let him practice his box outs. Maybe he just really <laughs> liked Easter eggs as a kid and became the greatest rebounder in NBA history. You know. Andre Drummond looks a little egg-ish, right? With his, you know. Oh, not sloop- this again. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I mean, penguins words. come from eggs. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He's defecting. He, he's defending his home. <laughs> it's pe- the Easter penguin. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it. That's a perfect spot to end. The, the, the Easter penguin. Just cut it out. It's not getting better. Than that. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week. 